You're listening to Felony Podcast with your host, Dave Dahl, on the Startup Radio Network. The Felony Podcast explores ex-felons that have gone on to launch their own startups. We explore the ups, the downs, the behind-the-bar stories with these founders. Felony Podcast airs every Friday morning at 10 a.m. Pacific Time. My name is Mark Grimes, co-founder of Startup Radio Network. Also with us in the studio, Dave's partner in crime, Lad Justison. And here's a man with a plan, leader of the band, buff and tanned, Dave, the killer bread man, doll. Wow, hey, thanks, Bob. Uh, that's Bob Miller, um, kind of a great local radio personality that uh, we've known for a long time. Uh, by the way, welcome to the Felony Inc. podcast, live from downtown Portland, Oregon, on another beautiful day in the great Pacific Northwest. I'm a four-time loser who finally found a way to win. I replaced a pattern of addiction and incarceration with education, medication, and an honest occupation. The creation of Dave's Killer Bread. And now I am on a new mission to inspire and help others reach their own potential by overcoming limitations placed on them by the world and by themselves. On Felony Inc., our main goal is to interview guests who have turned a corner in their lives and have started their own businesses. With me once again in the studio is my right-hand man, who was late today. He, is, well, he was late. He doesn't have anything to say about it. He's just, he was late. Uh, you know, I met Lad in the prison yard in 1998, and since his release from prison in 2008, Lad's been trying to turn his life around. And apparently, uh, how's, that, how's that coming? Obviously not that well. You didn't make it. Well, uh, there are things uh, out of my control. Traffic, no oh. parking, and basically, uh, you know, a late start. So you've never... Oh, okay. So that the truth comes comes out. <laughs> okay. Um, but did you have a good breakfast? Um, I usually don't eat breakfast, but... Uh, and so I but didn't. he makes up for it the rest of the day. <laughs> That's right. Now, uh, Lad, what do, you, what do you got to say for yourself, though? Well, you know, uh, we've been having a pretty good uh, last week. Uh, uh, we went to New Mexico. Yeah, first time um, ever. Visited our friend uh, Mohammed Sharif. Mm -hmm. um, has a African art business uh, in Santa Fe. So me and Dave took a road trip. Uh, if you go on my Facebook, you'll see Dave flipping everybody off. And uh, we had a good time. We saw some good stuff down there in, uh, in Santa Fe. The weather was nice and the road trip. And Dave, as usual, drives like a maniac. And I didn't get pulled over uh, once. Oh, and something else. Guess what? We agreed to do a new little concert on August 31st. So if everybody wants to see the Killer Granddaddies perform live. And eat some ice cream. And eat some ice cream. Baskin Robbins on McLaughlin Boulevard, August 31st. Out in uh, Milwaukee, by the way. Anyway, that's, uh, that's really not that big a deal, lad. It's not, but the ice cream is. Yeah, that's true. Well, hey, staying in touch with loved ones while incarcerated is the ultimate lifeline, according to today's guest, Marcus Bullock, creator of photo postcard app FlickShop. He would know at the age of 15, Bullock was convicted of carjacking, attempted robbery, and the use of a firearm in the commission of a felony. Lad, you couldn't even do that. You're not coordinated enough to do all that. 
Not at once. Yeah. Tried as, tried as an adult, Bullock served eight years in several maximum security prisons. And while in prison, he received his GED and started taking college courses, including in business and computer software. After his release, Bullock um, parlayed a job at a paint store into his own painting and eventually building remodeling contracting company. Within the last few years, the Lanham MD... Maryland. Lanham, Maryland. Maryland. Well, I would just say MD. That's easy. Nobody knows what that is. Based entrepreneur has turned his attention to tech and the prison life he left behind. The result is Flick Shop, which takes a photo of your choice and a message and puts it on a postcard, then sends it to your incarcerated loved one. Sounds pretty good, huh? Man, I'm telling you. Yeah, we've been there, and that would have worked out really well. People would have got off their butts and done that, wouldn't they? Yeah. Uh, like any good entrepreneur, Marcus saw a need and found a solution, and he made a business out of it. Welcome to the Felony Podcast, Marcus. Marcus Bullock. Right. Ah, that's the crowd roar. Thank you guys so much. <laughs> I really appreciate you uh, for bringing me on the show. But I'm so excited to be here. Man, you sound you sound like a real um, happy man. Like you got this some of this stuff figured out finally. Oh, man, let me tell you, I'm living on a cloud right now. Like I, I feel, I, I feel so tremendously blessed to be able to be here in this chapter of my life and to get to you know not only like build the technologies and build companies and you know. All that stuff is really cool. Like I love that as a job every day. Yeah, me too. Um, but, but, but I'm blessed to be able to like get up with purpose every single morning and get excited about doing something that's moving the needle forward in an environment that like that needs it the most. So, like, it, my life is dope, man. I, I I can't believe it. That is cool. I uh, I absolutely know how you feel. I, I can tell you that back in the day. Um, and even still today, I, I jump up out of bed and I'm like, wow, I've got a lot to do and I love it every minute of it. <laughs> yeah. Exactly, and, you know, exactly. comparing it to the days that we were screwing up and being, you know, getting locked up and being addicted, at least that's my experience. Um, it's just night and day, you know. So, uh, no question. No question. We didn't. Um, now we talked a little bit about what got you in trouble. Um, would you like to start and tell us a little bit about you know what got you to that point and go from there? Yeah, I mean, you know, look, I lived in an area where, like, seriously, like, stealing a car was a part of, like, it wasn't a part of like everybody's everyday living. Mm -hmm. But like you weren't the outcast if you stole a car, right? Like it almost it was like, a right, right. To, almost a you know right to passage to adulthood. <laughs> yeah, it was like yeah, it was a part of either, if you stole your parents' car, you stole somebody else's car who came outside to warm their car up. Like you know, what I mean? like you didn't think of it as like you hurting someone. It was like you stole a car, and so like this is how immature my brain was because right now as I pay. You know, to drive as I, you know, I look outside and, and I hope that I put it in my cars out there. I would be livid if I came outside and my car wasn't there, right? So you know like, it now. Yeah, yeah no question. Like in hindsight, I'm like, oh my lord. Like, and you talk about carjacking. Like, I couldn't imagine if someone, you know, like right now, somebody carjacked me from my car. I'm like, you've got to be kidding me right now, right? Like, 
heck of a kind of karma, right? But, but at, 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 at any rate, we did it. You know, it, myself and my co-defendant, I was 15, he was 16. We made a stupid decision. We did it. We got caught for it. It was the hardest time of my life. You know, it was like understand, like having to adjust an immature brain where it was, you know, these kinds of crimes were a part of normal everyday brainwashing all the way through going to court and having to get to a point where you understand that the eight years in adult maximum security prisons that your judge just sentenced you to is really a reality because you're walking laps around a prison wreck y'all with dudes who've been done 10, 20, 30 years in prison already. And killers. And I'm six. I'm 16 years old at the time. I'm, I'm 16. I'm walking around a prison wreck y'all like, I'm thinking I'm a vet because I've already did like a year or two, right? Because mm. I'm like, yeah, I'm 16, 17. I'm a vet until my, my sale partner has life plus 43 and... Right. And he's already been in for five. That was a yeah. heck of a transition. Well, you know, it's 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 amazing what happens to people, um, what can happen in prison, and you can use it. You can just continue down the road of, you know, what got you there, and try to be a better criminal and all that. I went to prison four times, and I kept trying to get better, but I I sucked, and uh, that's the truth. So, um, it wasn't until. I had that bottom moment. I hit the bottom and uh, started my epiphany. Start, I had an epiphany and started my transformation. So I'm, I'm even a believer that you can, while you're still incarcerated, you can, you, can be, you can be incarcerated for the rest of your life and still turn your life around. So um, you were looking at those people that had a ridiculous amount of time to do basically the rest of their lives. And uh, did you eventually go? Well, I'm I'm fortunate. I can I can I can turn it around now before it's too late. You know what? It was actually some of my closest friends, some of the ones who are still doing time today. It was some of them that got me. And it was like Marcus, look, dude, you're like 17 years old. You're gonna go home one day. Like I may be here for the rest of my life, and looking at cinder block walls. You got a shot the audacity of you to come in here and try to, you know what I mean? Like, you you know what I mean? You're, you're, you're abiding by the rules of these prisons, you know, these, uh, these prisons, and you're fighting and, you, you know, you angry and you're going through all of this craziness as if you won't be with, here with the rest of us. What happens if you get into an incident and one day one of the guys that got 75 years, you get, you know, now you're beefing with him and now you in an incident with him, now you get, your time ran up, so you ain't here with him for the rest of your life. Well, you had a shot. We've you seen that. We've seen that happen uh, a few times, haven't we, lad? That's right. And, you know, um, I, I think a lot of it is, you know, hanging around with uh, the right crowd, taking that advice to heart, you know, moving forward, you know. And uh, uh, I'd like to ask you a question, Marcus. When you was in there, did uh, was there some educational opportunities for you in there to take uh, in order for you to kind of get your mind in the right place? You know what? It, you know, there were educational opportunities, but um, I, there were educational opportunities at all of the facilities that I, that I it was in, you know, all the way up to the one that I was in. Where I was blessed to have tons of opportunities for programming, which led me to that. Um, one of the things you guys read in my intro, which was the business software applications class. And this was like a it was like an introduction to computers class without the Internet, because, you know, when I went in, there was no Internet. <laughs> and then, right. you know I mean, like I'm there and, 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 and the internet is evolving. So you, we didn't have access to the internet, obviously, 
but we had access to just computers and understanding like terms like windows and save and save as and, yeah you know you, those bare things that will allow you to not come home and be intimidated by the technology those barriers were broke because i was exposed to that and was in these classes for like years playing around and tinkering around with computers so you took advantage of the programs that were in there that's what that's a big message um the guys that are in there you know i think there's especially young guys it seems like they have more programs for the young guys that uh um you know were you in a juvenile facility first? i was never in a juvenile mm. facility. they certified me as an adult i went in i'm sorry i went in december december the um december the 8th of 96 they certified me as an adult january the 7th in 97. oh wow so i was in a juvenile facility for like a month and then they were like, yep, yep, time for you to go to the county jail. And from that point forward, not only did I never, I hadn't, I never went home from there, but I also stayed in adult. And again, my judge sent me to adult maximum securities for my whole eight years. So you were apparently, I'm, I'm guessing, trying to read between the lines here. You um, were kind of a knucklehead for a while while you were in prison before you realized you could do something about, about you could start oh, doing something. Yeah. So you got yeah, fired. For, for like the first couple of years. Yeah, that makes sense. I mean, everybody, you're just a young guy. What do you, what do you know? You know, you don't have, at that at that age, you don't have a whole lot of perspective to work with. Hey, dude, you know what's the biggest issue for me? I That I couldn't go to homecoming. Oh, I hear you. Yeah, homecoming, right, like, hey, prom things, and stuff. Hey, prom, senior trip. Right? You're real it was like the year yearbooks were coming out. And the reality of it is, is that while I'm on the phone talking to my mom and my friends and my family, and they're like, yeah, so-and-so's getting ready to, you know, so-and-so got voted homecoming prince. And mind you, I'm like 16, and everybody around me is like 30, 40, 50, 60, and I can't even hang up the phone and be like, yeah, man, my girlfriend, she's about to go to prom with so-and-so. They don't want to hear like, Yo, What the hell are you talking about? <laughs> like, none, of us, none of us went to prom either, so yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that's pretty cool. You uh, so this kind of stuff really, you know, you this probably influenced your business um, ideas at, late, at a later point. But in, in the meantime, so you're 16, 17, and maybe even 18, and you're still kind of lost and being, you know, you think you know what you're doing, but really you don't yet, right? I have no idea. Yeah, no idea. And, and you're looking around and you're seeing all this knucklehead behavior and this is the way you think it's going to be until you don't, until you don't think that way. Well, this was it, man, because to be honest, like I did prison in stages, right? Where the first couple of stages I was in denial when I didn't even think that I was going to have to do the whole eight years. Hmm. But I'm like, yo, you know, first couple of years, I'm like, man, I'll be home next week. There's no way in the world they're gonna keep me here on Thanksgiving. <laughs> like, like, and you're a young that's man. That's reality. You know what I mean? You do. Well, you're also thinking. Happens. Thanksgiving happens. I'm like, so you mean to tell me you think, dude, Christmas is next month? You think they really gonna hold me here for Christmas? Like, seriously, I've never missed a Christmas. Like, they, they, you're talking about these. And so, though, for two years I went through that, and then I met the guy who had been there for 31 years, and I'm like, oh. So they really do keep people that long. Yeah. And uh, I remember I just got, you know, for me, I just got used to Christmases. Uh, I, I just stopped celebrating birthdays and Christmases and all that stuff. I would try to pretend that it wasn't that it wasn't going to happen because 
I, those were such, it could be such depressing times. Oh, oh, dude, again, I was 15. You know what right. I mean? So you talk about Christmas was like, I still was trying to get Super Nintendo games. Yeah, right? you're, you're just a kid. <laughs> you're just a kid, and here you are, a sense as an adult. That's just got to be a shock, a shock. You're thinking there's, yeah. you're thinking there's still a real Santa Claus somewhere. Yeah. Like, like I went through puberty in prison. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> like so did Lad. It was bananas. And he, Lad was in his twenties, and he went through prison. Or he went through puberty in there. Yeah, that's true. They, so my, they finally dropped. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So hey, hey, lad, you want to do us a, a, a solid right now? I could do that, Marcus. We got to go to a little break here, so hang with us and tell me at the end if I got a good DJ voice. <laughs> so CPA dudes, where accounting is never boring. Their price is not based on time. Instead, customers decide what to pay them. They don't charge you for sending invoices, phone calls, emails, texts or meetings. They just get the damn job done. Find them at cpadudes.com slash startup radio. Tell them Dave and Lad sent you and we'll send you a special surprise. It's Dave. We're going to send Dave to you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay. They, that's going to stop them from doing anything. <laughs> um, thanks a lot, Lad. No, oh, you're welcome. Do you have a, uh, you want to follow up on your question with Marcus? Well, you know, Marcus, um, I really, you know, and I, I know Dave, Dave created Dave's Killer Bread. And, you know, there's lots of breads on the market, but Dave created a bread that people finally realize that they actually need. So you're sitting there and you're, you know, you're seeing your buddies and, of course, you um, not receiving mail and not getting, you know, some correspondence with the families. So you decided, hey, I'm going to create well, a way. To do this, that that you know what that, that I will never let you um, speak this early in the podcast <laughs> again because we have to get through some more stuff because what he did is way later he did that. Oh, I see. Let's let's get the story. Let's get our story straight here. All right. So so what happened next, Marcus? After you know you're in prison and what kind of programs did you do while you're in there? I mean, well, I had that computer class. Um, I also, you know, every time I would get shipped to a, you know, a different facility, you know, I would, you know, enroll in the next thing closest to something where there I have access to a computer. It didn't even matter what it was because I knew, like, by that time, like, I'm reading a lot. I know a lot more about computers. I'm intrigued by it. My brain is, like, gravitating more towards technology. So I spoke technology. Like, even if, like, no matter what, I, if I filed a grievance. I use terms that had something to do with technology in it, right? And so, like, my, my, every time I went somewhere, I looked for those opportunities to be a GED teacher, uh, um, you know, like a teacher's aide somewhere, somewhere where I have access to, like, a computer, right? And then once I came home, you know, once I got to war, you know, getting, I mean, once I got closer to war release, I mean, in the meantime, you know, I mean, I'm going to be honest. You know, I was, you know, don't, I have all my hustles going on, my store box that I was running, yeah. all that kind of stuff, you know what I mean, that allowed me to be able to keep, you know, keep myself going. The reality of it is, is that the only reason I was able to stay in the right frame of mind once I started to go along that path was because my mom, she saw me beginning to, like, become that angry Marcus mm. when that's, it's like when that 17, 18-year-old realizes that, 
you know, every time you go to the hole, you got every time you fight, you go to the hole, and every time you come out of the hole, you got to start all over with three pair of boxes and three t-shirts, and now you got to go to laundry and you got to get a new pair of boots. Like you're just angry because every time you you realize how much of your life is just taken from you. And my mom saw this and she's like, dude, I see something changing in you. You're not like something's going on and I need to keep you my son because you need to know that there's life after prison. Well, and so, so my mom became an adamant part of like me making sure that I stay connected back to her and my family and my church family in ways that most people just didn't have inside of there. So how did you, how did your mom uh, influence you like that? I mean, you didn't, you didn't go, oh, fuck, fuck, fuck that mom. I'm, uh, I'm doing my thing. You know, I mean, I know what's up and I'm, you know, I'm young and I'm going to do this. Because you know what? My mother, she loved on me so hard. Like my mom, she could have took the position like, you know what? You're in jail. You know, you're three hours away. You're four hours away from me in way Southern Virginia somewhere. Like, dude, like, you know, you got to figure it. You got to figure this out, right? She could have took that position, but my mom loved on me so hard that, like, she was she she. My mother took pictures. This was on like the Polaroid. Get your one time thirty five millimeter camera developed at Walgreens era, right? Like this was there, right, right. and my mom she would she would take pictures of like a cheeseburger and be like, yeah. dude, you you want you ever want to see one of these again? Yeah, <laughs> like she'd be like, you you're going to see this when you come home. You're going to eat this. She'd take a picture of it inside of a refrigerator and be like, one day you're going to actually get up in the middle of the night and walk to the refrigerator and you're going to get your own juice. She'd take pictures of a mailbox and be like, look, dude, one day you're going to be so, you're going to be old wow. and you're going to actually get bills and this is where the bills are going to come, you know what I mean, when you get when you get home. So how about and she would keep me so connected. Yeah. It was like, like I would write her long letters back and be like, mom, you really get a lot of bills? Like, how many bills you get? She'd be like, well, look, I have student loans, I have rent, I have electric, I have gas. I'm like, you got to pay for gas? What's gas? Like, uh, and we would have these long conversations about a picture, about you know, and and, and, and it, it would like be a letter every two or three days. Because you know, ain't no internet, man. There was no, you know, Instagram or Facebook and then those kinds of things. And so, my mom, she be, she did that. She sent me pictures and letters every day, so I stayed connected. And it was like no one else had that. What so a when great, I came great home, mom. Great you know mom. what I mean? I came home, I knew what my room was going to look like. I knew the bed I was sleeping in. I knew the neighbors. I knew what kind of car my mother had. I knew what kind of car my sister had. When my sister bought a dog, I saw pictures of it. Like, I knew everything about my family before I got there. So I was able to jump right in. I wasn't like that that dude that came home from jail. It was like, oh, that's Marcus. Man, Marcus, you remember I was telling you I just bought a dog last week. Anyway, well, I, the dog pooped all over the bedroom. That's why I'm telling the kids, they got a nervous responsibility. You but, you know, I, it was... You're part of the neighborhood as soon as you got out. As soon as I came, because I became, like my mother used photos and letters to create a sense of community, just like Facebook began to do today. Well, obviously this had a big impact on, on what you're doing now. Now let me um, ask you, what did you do when you first came out though? You, you didn't immediately jump into this flick uh, shop thing. Yeah, man, I came home and I, like, I, I didn't, I, I didn't know that I wanted to, you know, build a, a tech company like Hamel. I just wanted to come home and get a job. Yeah, and that's good. Anyway, I mean, that's that's a good like, message. Yeah, yeah, like real talk. I just wanted to be able to get because I came home and I was just with my mom. I'm like, man, 
the last thing I want to do is like be the dude that comes home from prison and lives at home with your mom and, and lives home with my mom playing video games all day. Like it's so stereotypical. But it's a good start, you know. It's, it's it's nice to have that that little bit of well, it's a lot of support in your case, um, but you don't want a tremendous amount of support. That's right. You don't want to fall on it, but you you want to take it. You, it's there for you to take advantage of, and you did, and then you moved on. Well, but, well, not because I was like intentional about trying to take advantage of it. It was like, dude, I've been telling my mother for eight years, yo, when I come home, I'm going to do this. I'm going to start, I'm going to do, I'm going to get a job at this place. Like, I see myself going back to college. I'm going to go to MIT. I'm going to, like, you know, I love technology. I heard this MIT place is, like, the, the place to go for technology. I'm going to, like, I'm going to, I'm going to work wherever. I'm going to grind hard, Ma. I promised her things because she was there for me, and I felt like it was hard for me to ask my mother for commissary money every couple of weeks. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Like that. that was hard, you know. I, mean? I didn't want to do that, you know. What I mean, like it was hard knowing that those phone calls were sixteen dollars every for fifteen minutes. Man, dude, that was hard for me to like be like, "Ma, I want to hang up and call back, and can you call my girlfriend for me on three way just so she can blow my life and get me all depressed about her talking about prom?" <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah. like it was like I'm almost had three, four, five hundred dollar a month phone bills messing around my collect calls. So I, I had to come home and be like, "Look." I will work at Foot Locker, work at McDonald's. I'll work at anywhere if you let me get, let me get there, let me get some hours, let me make a few dollars, and then I can use my off time to go find a better job. So is that what you did? Did you work at Foot Locker? And... That was the plan. Okay. <laughs> but but that's good. I, came, I mean, sometimes that's what that, you got to do. So. I, I mean, I had a plan though, right? Like I yeah. had a plan. And you know, I was at my plan. Like, that was the thing I was at it hard, right? So I applied for jobs, and I applied for more jobs, and some of them didn't call me back, and then others actually hit me back and said, yeah. So this whole felony thing, like, you seem like you qualified, but yeah, you got a felony, so this is not a good fit for us. And then I was like, all right, cool, I don't really care. I get it. I knew that this was going to be a part of the problem. Cool. So, you know, I kept going hard and hard and hard. Then I found a, a part-time job. You know what I mean? That like, well, let me, you know what I mean? Like just try to come in that was super far from my house. Let me come in for like weekend, like do some process, some mortgages, or process some mortgage paperwork. It was like the hot of the real estate boom. They were like, just want to process paperwork, you know what I mean? For mortgages or something. And then I finally found a full-time job at a paint store. When I found that full-time job at the paint store, I, I ain't gonna lie. At that time, I was so burnt out on getting turned out for jobs. I'm like, man, look, I'm on the loud. I'm, I'm, I'm not checking the box this time. I'm not checking the box and telling them, brother. There is what they, if they, if they find out a month or two later, at least I have a month or two worth of paychecks. And they'll just have to fire me. But what I will do is I'll work so hard so that in the, in the event that I ever came up, they'll be like, ugh, this is a tough one. That is, that's what you do, man. I mean, that's what a, what a, what a dude's got to do uh, when they get out. You know, you got to have the attitude that you're just going to win and you're going to struggle. You know, you're going to find some struggles along the way. You know, isn't it true that while you're in prison, um, you know, it's one thing. When you get out, things get, then that's where the rubber meets the road and that's where things get hard. Yeah, man. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, so... And, and, and as a part of my journal, I'm like this journal. That's I like, I like to write stuff down because you know, some at some point, you know, it's all going to book. 
But and, and this go. journal part, like so, hundred and forty-two job applications before I got the job at the paint store. hundred and forty-two. Wow. wow, wow! And the paint store, and, how was that? Did that pay enough for to? Was it a living wage? Minimum wage. Minimum yeah, wage. Yeah, yeah. Wage. So you're probably and, still like, living with mom at this point, right? Still living with mom. I was living with mom for for a minute, but I was good though because it was like mom didn't put the pressure on me about you know having to like she's like just keep a job and I'm like mom yeah I'm gonna I'm start a business I'm gonna use this to you know money to start a business I'm saving I'm you know I'm building my credit you know what I mean like I you know I started applying for credit cards and every time I applied once I finally got a one a prepaid card I would tell people like oh you gonna pay for that in cash can I get that twenty dollars let me use your card and I'll use my card. And I would go home with like a hundred bucks in cash, and I would like pay my bill with a hundred bucks with the hundred bucks in cash they gave me that night before. And I had all of this, you know, like credit that I'm starting to build up now. Now I want to start this business, and my mom is like, "What kind of business do I want to start?" I'm like, "I don't know. I'm gonna start something though, like something." And I was at the paint store, and eventually I'm like, "Hmm, I saw an opportunity." Yeah, you started. Did you meet a lot of folks uh, who who were contractors, painting contractors, and such, and, and they give you help or what? How did it come about? Nah, man. Like it was, it was I, a light bulb went off because you, so you came into the paint store and you were coming in and be like, "Hey, market, I'm like, you know, I want to buy this gallon of, you know, I want to buy this gallon of blue paint." And I'm like, "All right, cool." And you're like, "All right, well, how much do you guys charge me to paint my kitchen?" And I'm like, "Well, you know." We don't really paint kitchens. <laughs> we sell you the blue paint so you can paint your own kitchen. Right. Uh, next customer, please. Opportunity. Right. Yeah. And so when I, you know, when 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 the next customer will come up, it will be these contractors. And they're like, oh man, yeah, it's no work out here. It's tough. I'm like, what are you talking about? Like, dude, dudes like Miss Johnson just came to the paint store. Yesterday and was asking, you know, how much we talk. it's a bunch of work out here. Yes, yeah, you right. must not be looking in the right place. And so, I, a light bulb went on, but I'm like, huh. And I'm like, now I can become the conduit between the painter and the Miss Johnsons of the world. And, and mind you, at this time, I had no, I had no understanding for the difference between even interior paint and exterior paint. Like I didn't, I knew nothing about paint. Yeah. But I'm like, this is way too much of an opportunity. Because there's so many Miss Johnsons of the world, apparently, and in a whole rack of painters. Yeah, let's go get this money. And so I was able to kind of sort of broker these deals where the Miss Johnsons hated these contractors that, like, didn't show up for work or, you know, they would show up inconsistently or they would, like, you know, not take the floors. And so they would spill paint all over their floors. And so I would give I would be able to give Miss Johnson a level of service that she never seen before because I was a businessman and show up with a shirt and a tie on and I would make sure that the guys take the floors and I would make sure that they would be 30 minutes early at the job site before they came and I would argue with them every single day to make sure they were there every single day until we could finish the project and the Miss Johnson like this is the best contracting experience ever. So you were you were mostly selling um, selling your services and you were like the guy out there. I was uh, a broker. Yeah, okay. So you didn't yeah, do you didn't do any painting yourself, or did you? No, nah, I didn't even know how to paint. <laughs> to this day, I mean, dude, eventually I built a construction company. To this day, I built the sexiest kitchens ever, and I have no idea how to lay a hardwood floor, a piece of granite. Never, uh, never uh, drove a nail. 
<laughs> never and once ever. If, uh, if one of my guys saw me, they'd be like, yo, hurry up and somebody jump on top of Marcus and get that ham out of his hand. He completely messes everything up for us. Well, that's that's amazing. You know, there's, there's some guys who have to do it the other way where they come up and they, uh, you know, sometimes you have to be humble enough to just to take whatever comes to you. And obviously you did that. Uh, but you were also capable of rising to a different level. Well, it's not rising to a different level. It's not, no, because the reality of it is, is that the guys who actually laid the hardware flaws at the project, see, they made $2,000 on the project. Right. I only made $200 on the project. So the reality of it is, is that they win. See, the thing of it is, is that I was smart enough to learn how to use my skill set to find 10 more of him and then find 10 more of Ms. Johnson's. So mm. now I still make $2,000 on the entire thing while all of them are happy about making $2,000 a piece on every project. See, everybody wins here because yes. all of the Ms. Johnson's of the world, they win. The guys, they slice because they like, man, dang, every time I might as well program Margaret's number, take his, take his name out of my phone and program it as the emoji of money bags. <laughs> because every time Margaret calls my phone, Apparently, because Marcus ain't called, we're not friends. So my, every time Marcus calls me, he's calling me because he has $2,000 to give to me for me to come out and do a few yeah, days worth of work. Absolutely. And so they would, they're happy, right? The Ms. Johnson, I mean, you know, again, Ms. Johnson's are happy. I'm happy. I take my 200 They take their 2000 Ms. Johnson pays less than 2400 because she's only paying 2200 because I can negotiate the prices down because these guys are willing to negotiate my prices. Yeah. They, the, 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 the contractors are willing to negotiate my prices because I get them so much work. Every time they call me, every time I call them, I make money for them. So sometimes you make more than 200 bucks, and, and still the customer was getting a good deal, I'm guessing. Everybody wins. Yeah, that sounds, man, that sounds exactly like what an entrepreneur should be doing. So, yeah, no, so then you, uh, you, this was working out pretty well for you, and then uh, you decided you wanted to do something working else. Working out pretty well for me. I was, I began to grow this construction business. It went really, really well. I got excited um, about the traction that we were building, and um, it, my life, it, it, my life turned from this kid that stayed at home with his mom to now being able to, you know move out of the house and get my own apartment and be able to even help my mom and help my family. And, you know, I'm able to be a contributing member back to my community because now I'm creating opportunities versus having to always be the one to be the parasite. No, I totally get it. Yeah. That, there's something, you know, that happens when people turn a corner um, when they when they realize that it's all up to them, you know that no matter what uh, society, you know it, instead of blaming the system and blaming whoever, we don't have time for that. When we learn that we can just we need to spend our time doing positive positive stuff. Some people it might be um, the actual painters, and then it's the guy that's the broker. You know it's. It's all different sorts of things. Now, what, what, where did your path lead you, at, your journey lead you after that? So now I'm like, I'm, I'm living this blessed life, right? I'm like, you know, able to build this business and have an incredible family now that we're building. And I realized, like, man, my friends that I left, those same guys who I talked about before, who were in those sales, like, they, they, was, they were my brothers. They became my brothers while I was there. And now... 
because they were the ones that encouraged me to, you know, to, to stay on the course to be able to come home and make it home and be able to live the life that I'm blessed to be able to live at this point. And so now I'm like, they're, they're on the phone and they're calling me and they're like, Marcus, you're where? You're in the Bahamas. So now you're, you're building something. You went to Portugal. What was Portugal like? Or like, dude, you're getting married. Like, you gotta send me pictures, man. You remember when your mother used to send you pictures? Exactly. Send me pictures of this, man. I need to see it. And I'm like, dude, I'm gonna send you as soon as I get home. And then I will get home and then trying to print a picture and write a letter. It was just hard. Okay, so that's the next thing that you were thinking about doing? Is making, is really solving that problem? The, it, was, it was accidental, right? It was like, I wanna be able to, I wanna be able to, I want to be able to connect you back to your. I want to be able to connect you. Back, I want to be able to help connect with you back. To, you know what I mean to your, to your. You know some of these moments, but it's just too hard. And I look for a solution. I look for an app. I look for something, but I couldn't find one. And when I couldn't find one, I'm like, we should build something. And then came to the shop. Okay, so how did that, uh, what was the first step in that? I, can you kind of guide us through the process, of, you know, and how long did it take and when did you start and all that? I mean, Flickshop was a journey. It, you know, I had no idea how to build an app. I didn't have any, you know, idea of how to build these kinds of technologies. Like, I, I, in fact, while I was still building, that, talking about building the app, I didn't even have an iPhone at the time. I had a Blackberry. Right, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. so... Like I had no idea of how to build out, but I knew that this was what our generation of people were using. And I knew that I needed to be able to come up with a way to be able to continue to connect with my friends, you know what I mean, that way. And like, it, it had to happen. And I started Googling, how do you build an app? And back then when Blackberries were popular, see, I, that's what I had too, before iPhones. And I'll tell you what, I built a good part of my business with just that Blackberry. Uh, you know, <laughs> Blackberries were everything. They were you pretty could, like, have instant email. Who would have ever thought that you could use a touch screen to type? You know, and, st and that's what happened after uh, when the iPhones came around. But I mean, all this technology was unreal. And Dave's Killer Bread basically owes you know a good part of its success to to this technology. Um, and I'm sure you're, you're feeling the same way. Uh, I, I have to uh, I have to do one little break right here. I need to see if I can read this ad because I'm really excited to tell you that this Felony Inc. podcast is brought to you by Publicize, a deconstructed PR subscription service with, which generates effective visibility for your business. Publicize handles all communications with the media and any content required to do this, such as press releases, editorial pitches, etc., and they offer a wide range of PR products and abilities out of which you can construct the PR package right for the future of your business. Anyway, also, listeners, please leave Felony Inc. podcast a review on iTunes. We might even read it on air, motherfuckers. Hey, that's the first cuss word I've used today. Wow. That is amazing. Yeah. I think it is. What the fuck? Yeah. What the fuck? <laughs> okay. I think I'm a, I think I'm a good influence. Yeah, I think so. I mean, I'm like, okay, this guy, this guy does not talk. Uh, he doesn't use cuss words because it's bad. It's bad practice to get into when you're a businessman and you're trying, you know, all these things to do. There's no, there's no need for cuss words, lad. 
I don't cuss. <laughs> I never cuss. Well, I did cuss at all on one time, you know, because, you know. Alon is our, have my, it's our engineer and uh, good buddy. I'm sure I deserved it. He didn't I, have my coffee here when I needed it, right before the airtime. Oh, I was like, what the hell? He says, I'm, I'm a, a sound guy. I don't do that. That's right. If he'd have had coffee, he'd have thrown it on you. Because he ain't, pl- he ain't playing your you little... you got to be careful with the sound guys. Yeah, the sound guys, you know, they have way too much power. They do. And we don't do lights. He always turns you don't down. do lights. <laughs> you, know, you know what he does to me? He yeah. turns the treble up so I sound like a girl. You know what I'm saying? That's you what he already, does. It doesn't have to turn it very far. That's for sure. <laughs> pitch, pitch manipulation. Let's get back to our, our guest today. We, we have a guest who does that. He, he's an open book, uh, and I like that. You know, I like that, Marcus. You, you like to talk about You understand the value of telling your story. Go ahead, man. Where were we? No, 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 no. I mean, so it, it's interesting because um, at this age now, you know, I'm building this thing. I'm building this application, and I want to be able to, um, to, to, to like, see it grow and permeate it all over all over the country but it was hard right because now I'm trying to enter you know I'm trying to add an innovative I'm trying to add an innovative um, technology into a secure oh. environment that it's like not a place to introduce like app kind of stuff right it's not like I'm going through you know a regular industry and saying hey I want to build an application for your company no this is like do you want as a felon and as a black guy, as a black man that did as a that's a convicted felon to come into these into our facilities and allow for you to be able to to put some kind of postcard and say, nah, you try to smuggle cell phones in here, you tripping. No, you can't bring it. <laughs> yeah, keystron no. cell phones just never works out. I think, <laughs> I, I, think, I think you still have that Blackberry keister, don't ah, you? Ah, shut up, dude. Don't tell anybody. See that? You're always telling on me. I'm sorry. My bad. <laughs> he likes me to call him a lot because he's got it on vibrate. But at least I used to, I'm not bringing firearms in anymore. That <laughs> That's true. Yeah. So, you know, Marcus, I uh, I watched uh, your video, uh, or one of them that I seen on you guys were having an interview. And on that video, and I don't know if it's still priced the same, but it says you can do all this sending the postcard and everything for ninety nine cents. How does how does you get it so low? Because we have found a com- incredible way of ba- baking a secret sauce into our company that allows our users to have better, exper- uh, incredible experience while also keeping the price affordable to people in the environment. Who just really can't afford all of these, you know, these even newer technologies that are being introduced to the to the family members that are like gouging them, right? Like the reality of it is, is a lot of these companies they're just want to make the incredible profit or mass the incredible profit that they're making, you know, just like a, a, a Geo Group or a CCA or you know one of those for profit industry you know creators. Like they want to be able to make those kinds of dollars because. They, if not, they would figure out, find ways to build the technologies like we have that keep families connected in a way that's really pro-family and not pro-pocket. So you're, uh, how are you dealing with, um, I mean, this could be a really tough business, uh, you know, because of competition and all that, like you were saying. Uh, what, here's what I have seen 
you know, I, I did as much research as I had time to, to this morning on you. And uh, wow, you got you got write ups and uh, write ups and, and videos and things, you know, stories in Forbes magazine, CNN, uh, the Washington Post, Tech Stars, and Fast Company. Fast Company is a cool one. Um, they're all cool, but Fast Company is one that uh, is really like cutting edge when it comes to business and entrepreneurs. Um, no, yeah, no, I mean, it's, I'm telling you, man, it's, it's been it's such a tremendous blessing. Such a tremendous blessing. Yeah, because your story, like you said, it wasn't that, it wasn't really uh, exciting to tell until you had come like full circle and were just kicking ass out there, right? Yeah, I mean, it was, it was, it was, you know what it is? It's not that the story became instant to tell. What ends up happening is, um, like, the, the failures, become when I was able to be able to get to a place in my life when I was able to be able to make those failures like the 142 applications that I got told no to or all and I wasn't afraid of all of the no's that I got told when I started to submit these insanely overpriced proposals for a painting contract or and I and I lost them or when I was able to when I went out and found the wrong guys to go in someone's house oh, and yeah. they all over the floor and or they butchered a hardwood floor in a million dollar home like not being fearful of not only the failure the potential failure to get there and fail in those spaces but also the willingness to be able to tell the story of to others or in the environment to talk about like dude it's not all peace and cream because you can google me and find me in Forbes. that's great awesome right that's a vanity metric because you know who cares about that article my mother and yeah. that's it no one else cares about that oh. what are you doing to build your business to be able to create a business out of all of the failures yeah. that are going to inevitably come because you're building something damn right and that is so true i'll tell you what with dave's killer bread i failed a million you know not a million but i i failed in a lot of ways many times and uh if i'd have focused on my failures if some other people if i'd have let people the naysayers uh you know rule then it would have never happened and uh, you know eventually we got the attention that from the from you know the forbeses and the, you know all those all those characters and yeah it's kind of a vanity metric but i think it's also um very powerful i mean when i go to your website i see those th things on there and i go hmm interesting he's you he guys got some good some good love from the uh from the media, which is, that means something, I think. Uh, it gives you some credibility right off the bat. Yeah, I mean, I mean, don't get it twisted. I mean, I put it for, I put them on and wearing Forbes, you know, you know, on our site because, you know, it, it gives, it gives the, it does, it gives the signature of credibility, right? It says, mm -hmm. we, someone has validated this as a legitimate place to do business. And, the, and what that does is it gives you, you, it gives you, the customer, the gateway experience a level of incredibleness that I have to make sure that I live up to. Yeah, that's right. That's right. So when you go on these, when you get these opportunities, you go on and you kill it, right? You got to. Yeah. Because you only get, I'm like an Eminem song, you only get one shot, not miss your chance to blow this opportunity comes within a lifetime. That's right. You know, um, lad, you're still, you still haven't figured that out, have you? I have not. Well, I'm not even sure what you're talking about. <laughs> well, you're not paying attention. You're over, there, you're over there, you know, either playing with yourself or, you know, playing with somebody outside the room. That's not possible. 
So, hey, Marcus, I got a um, question for you. Um, so, uh, can you explain to us and our listeners a little bit more about your app, how they can get it, you know, where it's at, you know, your website, all that good stuff, you know, uh, and uh, and what? tell us what your app does, how it does it, and, you know, the results of it. Good job, man. No, nah, that's a great question. Thank you for asking me that. So the app is really, really easy to understand. You can download the FlickShop app from out of the Apple iOS store or the Android Google Play store. It's spelled F-L-I-K-S-H-O-P. How much does it cost for the app? Does it um, It's it's completely free to download. We completely give it to you for free to download. So Um, makes it real easy, right? Real easy to work with. (laughs) No question. And and if you are like one of those appy kind of people that download apps and use apps, just go, you know, in your web browser, just go to FlickShop.com. If you go to FlickShop.com, it's then you get the same exact experience. Um, but with the app, you actually have a lot more fun and play on your phone, on your device. Makes so, sense. You download the app. You you sign in just like you would in any other, you know, account like a, uh, you know, Bank of America or Facebook.com. You know, you sign in, you register an account, you sign in. Once you sign in, we give away a free FlickShop credit just so you can try it out and, and, and really experience the love that is going to happen on the other side. Now, this is the way that I work. You sign in, you're going to say, all right, I want to be able to take a picture, add some quick text. Hey, what's going on? I love you so much, bro. I'll see you soon. I'm coming to visit next Saturday. Here's a picture of the kids on their first day of school. You press, press in. We take that picture of the kids of their, on their way to first day of school, the same picture that you post on Facebook or your Instagram page. We take that text that you just typed, we print it on a real tangible actual postcard, and we mail it directly to your brother's jail, and, that, and it gets directly to his cell in the mail. That's, that's amazing service for 99 cents. Is that, for 99 cents. It's incredible. It's all kind of automated, right? So, I mean, it has to be automated for you to make any money at that that rate. I, I mean, we built, an, we, we built an incredible system. I mean, we've connected over 150,000 families so far. Um, we shipped almost a half a million flick shops. And, and they're going into all 50 states, state, local, federal facilities, youth detention centers. They're all listed in the app. So you can go in the app. You can download the app for free and then check on the, you know. I just did it. I just did it. It took me like 10 seconds. Literally 10 seconds. Yeah. You can check and see, you know, look for your loved one's institution. Click on it. You don't even know the need to know. You don't even need to know their address. It's already inside of the app. The address book. Yeah. It's in the address book right there for you. So Marcus is is just one picture on each one. It's one picture in each one. So what ends up happening is, it's almost like that, you know, one of the, if you Google it, you'll see one of the articles say the Instagram for prisons. It's just like that, right? Like, when you post a picture on Instagram, you post one picture. So I guess now in the future of Instagram, you can post several of them. But you, you post a picture, you add a caption, you press in, you can post to take another one, take selfies all day, pictures of the kids, dessert. Like my mom, you know, the inside of a, a refrigerator or a cheeseburger, yeah. whatever, and then type of message like, "Hey, bro, what's up, man? I just want to say I love you." Like, you can do it so I, easily too. I mean, and and like you could do that ten times, ten different pictures uh, for ten bucks. I mean, that that isn't that much money. That's cheap. 
You know, I mean, I, 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 I blow that kind of money just, uh, uh, well, I was going to say something really crude, but I, <laughs> <laughs> just getting loud out of trouble mostly. Mostly. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, it's, uh, I think it's amazing, dude. I think you're going to succeed big time with this. Now, thank you so much. Man. Like, look, it, like you said, it's only a few bucks. The reality of it is you're going to, I mean, some people definitely going to spend that at, like, McDonald's or Chipotle or something, right? Like, right. But the reality, on their side, like, you press the send button on your side, it's easy. Like, I was like, all right, cool, that was cool. I sent one. But on the other person's side, when their That's name big. is called mail. I know it. Before they, even, before they even get the flip shop in their hand, their name gets called for mail, and it's like, yo, somebody... Took the time to send me something. I'm, and thinking, heart I'm thinking I actually would have got some mail if I if this if this app had been available when I was in there. You know, I know. But, but people are busy. People are busy out here, and uh, you know you don't have time to sit down and write a snail mail letter. So, so Marcus, um, when you're you know when you send that out there, how much uh, of a, of a note or how much you know can you know put in there to send along with the picture how much can you you know write in there you get about you get 300 characters so about wow. the same amount of week that's really cool so wow. you're sending a letter and a photograph all in one and it's just a postcard at 99 cents <laughs> yeah and then you could um to make to pay for this that's so what you do i see flip flick shop credit and i'm wondering so if you were just going to do one, you would have to pull out your credit card and, and enter all that. But if you had a if you had the flip sh the flick shop credit, you could just kind of just keep going, just do it whenever you want. Exactly. So you buy one for ninety nine cent, and you just you know every time you buy one, you just you know yeah exactly you enter your credit card information for ninety nine cents, or you can buy ten flick shop credits for eighty nine cents each. Oh. And then you just so you're saving. Just you get one free. Get one free. Yeah. And then now, or you can buy 20 flick shop credits for 79 cents each. Oh, yeah. Nice. And you save even more. And now what ends up happening is you buy, most people think we buy 20 flick shop credits. You buy 20 flick shop, and then you just send a bunch of them to your credits right now. You're like, oh, man, all right, I can buy some more. But by that time, now you've had such a relationship, such a dialogue that's been happening between you and your loved one. Like, they really are part of your everyday life now. Hey, Marcus, this is great. Um, I, we have very little time left. I want want you to have the last word real quick. If you want to uh, throw anything out there that's important that we didn't get to, just remember you got like one or two minutes. You know, the, the one thing I would say is more, more times than not, people are counted out as just coming home, getting prepared to come home from prison, and that's it. It's not enough. We need a couple of things for success to help prepare people for success when they come home. We need mentorship while they're there to help guide them to be great while they're there so that they're prepared to come home and be successful. Absolutely. And then we access the resources and people who are committed to making sure that our communities are better and safer because 95% of these people are coming home one day and you have to ask yourself, how do you want them when they come home? And if you're in prison, how do you want to be perceived when you come home? Because that's the way people were, that's the way people respond and want to be able to help. That's so really good stuff. I love, 
I love you guys, man. I love you know. I love I love being here on the show today. I hope that someone's inspired to come home and be great, or to be able to be the supporting cast member for someone who's coming home and wants to be great. This is going to be something that I'm going to want to spread the word about. So you got something that that gets word of word of mouth out there. Um, aren't you going to be telling people about this? Oh, dude, you know what? I, I, I still have friends that are in prison, and you know what? I'm going to download this thing and start sending some stuff out today. And I, I suggest any listeners out there that uh, that heard Marcus today, um, they can just kind of start doing the same thing and kind of get your guys and girls prepared to get out uh, through some uh, photography and just knowing that they love you by sending those cards out. I feel like we met a really cool dude. I had a lot of fun uh, talking to Marcus today. And, uh, hey, uh, I want to tell everybody, thank you for joining us this week on Felony Inc. with me, Dave Dahl, and Lad Justison. And I want to, again, thank our guest, Marcus Bullock. Last word, Marcus. I love all of you. Thank you. Love you too, man. I I really feel it. Okay. Hey, well, thank you. And join us every week live at 10 a.m. Pacific time at startupradionetwork.com. If you don't join us live, we may visit your house late at night when you're least expecting it and make you listen. Breaking and and entering whose ass? Lad's ass. That's right. This will be full on breaking and listening. That's right. Ouch. And coming up after the break is Latino Founder Hour with your host, Edgar Navis and Claudia Cardenas. Their podcast is usually in Spanish, so que paso. You're listening to the Startup Radio Network. Listen, learn, launch. 10% of our gross revenue goes directly to women entrepreneurs in developing countries around the world through Kiva's microfinance program.